This is AutoLine This Week, the show that gets you inside the global automotive industry. AutoLine This Week partnered with the Consulate General of Canada in Detroit to produce this episode. Hi, I'm John McElroy, and welcome to AutoLine This Week. Today, we're going to talk about the new work situation that everybody has encountered ever since COVID hit. So many people are working from home these days, but can we continue to do that after things get back to normal, whatever normal is? We're going to get some answers today because I've got a fascinating expert in this regard. Laura Jones is the Director of Global Talent and Corporate Staffs at General Motors. And Laura, thanks for taking the time to talk with me today. Thanks for having me, John. I got to believe this is nothing that General Motors or probably any company had anticipated. I mean, was there any talk of working remotely to the degree that we've got or to any degree whatsoever before the pandemic hit? Definitely not on the scale that we've seen. We've we've always had, you know, some roles that could be done remotely. We were doing workplace transformation and you know, taking the cubes away and having more of that neighborhood effect in a pre-pandemic. But everything that we, we could have imagined has just been accelerated. And I think that the main thing has been, I take myself, for example, I used to go in every day. I had my office and I had my team. I do a, a, a corporate role, a, an office worker role. Never would I have imagined that it could have been done so differently to what it's been today and really forcing us to focus on performance work and working of the, the impact of the work. So I think it's actually been a, an enabler in many ways to things that we've been lightly touching upon in a pre-pandemic state. So many of the different companies that I've talked to have been amazed at how good productivity has been. In fact, in many cases, productivity has gone up. Is that what you found at General Motors? Absolutely. And I'll, I'll caveat that with it. It is a balance because what we, you know, you can also find that the commute times and stuff have been just taken back um, from from people and so that they're investing that in work. But generally, I mean, productivity and engagement, people are innovating and finding new ways to do everything in, in a different fashion. And it's for me, it's rooted in empowerment and trust and of our people and, and people have just every single person has stepped up to the mark. We didn't miss a beat last year, whether it was, you know, car releases, you know, whether it was program rollouts, we we onboarded thousands of people in a virtual environment, nothing was missed and no one got a playbook. They just innovated and and got on with it. How do you go forward uh, in in this sense? You and I grew up in the old world. Everybody would come into work and it's spend at least eight hours a day there. And you'd get to know your fellow workers. You'd walk down the hallway, maybe bump into somebody. You'd be at the coffee machine or meet somebody else. A lot of spontaneous ideas and creativity might come out of those chance meetings and things like that. What are your thoughts going forward? How, how do you maintain that kind of spontaneity and creativity that comes from people interacting with one another? A couple of things. One, I mean, we call, you can call this the great experiment, right? I mean, it's really, it's forced us into that creativity. We're trying to extract from leaders and we've had these discussions. Actually, they're already doing it now. So what have they been doing that we can just not lose? And one leader shared with me that, 
during this, it's kind of, you know, stiff up a lip, let's get on with it, you know, we're making it work. But actually what we've created is something that can be sustained. And so we're leaning in with the leaders to say, what is that? And it, a lot of it is around pause and be intentional and think about, okay, what's the moment that I need to create that generates a belief for someone that they're a valued member of my team? The moment, the how can now look different and we've been doing things differently. I mean, we recruited, you know, we've recruited a ton of people virtually. We've had virtual internships. How we do it is a little bit different, but we are doing it today. And that's what we're trying to lean back into the leaders. We don't want to, it to then be following safety protocols and stuff that offices can reopen. It Let's just not lose this year or so and forget what we have learned. So that's where we are where we are at the moment. I would say a lot of it is intentionality. The how can look very different, but if you think about a lot of the things even with conference calls, you know, they've become broader over the years. We really need to create the space for leaders and teams to take a step back and think oh yeah, we have done this. This is working. And don't lose sight of it versus just roll on back into the office and forget like this last year's not taught us a ton of lessons. I imagine for new hires, th th this aspect of what we're talking about is the most challenging because they're working remotely. They're at home. They're not running into people. Yep. Uh, how do you bring new hires up to speed uh, how do you get them to know who their fellow workers are and the, the almost ad hoc relationships or processes that might exist? A lot of it's been with intentional management. So when we first looked at turning our internships virtual last year, we've never done that before. We actually talked to a couple of companies that were even pre-pandemic, a work from home type of company. And they do it. They did it before the pandemic. And we said, okay, how do you do this? You know, teach us here because usually it would be get everyone into a large conference room and network, have a name tag. And, and they really helped us give some insights on you have to create these intentional interactions. You have to be a bit more planful. And, you know, so what we were doing is the intentional one-to-ones, giving people a list and setting them up with these um, interactions, team events that are a bit more curated. And the thing that I'll say there with these, these team events, you can put everyone on a group conference call, but you might get crickets. And so, you know, it's a little bit daunting where you just see the Brady Bunch on the screens. And so what we really have been teams have been leaning into playing thing catchphrase quizzes you know i hosted a pub quiz for example that gets people going and then on these virtual platforms the chat feature has been fantastic because some people feel a little bit shy speaking up on in these remote settings and it's very daunting but putting a comment in the chat is a bit of an outlet and they are listening. So been very intentional and very curated. Um, I will also say what we found with the newer talent coming in, they're so tech savvy on all of these different platforms. They actually showed us um, in, in many ways and they really embraced it. So a lot of that changed the belief for us that it, it can be done in a different fashion. That's fascinating. They were showing you. Can you give us an example? 
just with a lot of the the Teams features. So uh, Microsoft Teams is a new platform for us right now, um, but we have the things of whiteboarding and you know sticky notes and all of that. What they were leaning into was, hey, let's play catchphrase or Pictionary or something on the shared whiteboard. It's like that's a thing. <laughs> Um, but it is, and we were playing the game. But they, they, they have all of these tools and use them in, in college, in different settings already. And so we were. I remember one of my team meetings. We literally were playing Pictionary virtually on a whiteboard, and that was one of our newer talents that came in and, and showed us how to do it. So it was, it was a small example, but just one of those where you go, why not? Let's try. Yeah. So going forward, how do you think things are going to to shake out here? I imagine there's going to be a lot of people at GM and and com, com, people at all kinds of companies that are going to say, you know what, can I continue to work from home? Are you going to allow that? How how do you see it shaking out? I'll say it on on the top line, and and you and you know we talked about this the the work appropriately. The 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 thing that we are very keenly aware of is that we have to move the culture forward for everyone. We can't just have the office workers and be wherever you want to be. And we have you know a, the majority of our workforce that are is is on site, and their jobs just don't allow it. So we have to maintain laser focus on moving the culture forward for all but f- for the um for the people with roles where they can have more flexibility um we're really trying to make leaders lead through this and and they are i mean it's been fabulous to see and not to have a one size fits all approach because what works for some people and maybe their role is more, con- you know, can be done flexibly. You then overlay personal preference. We have people that home life or they live alone. It mentally isn't great for them to to be off site, and so they're saying we want to come in. Okay, we'll enable that. Um, but then at the same time, we have people that are looking and saying. I have a two-hour commute, and this isn't going to work for me either. So what can I do there? We really need to think about the work and the type of work that can be done. But then on the other side, really make sure that we are living an inclusive environment. And so the the not the concern, but the thing that we are also aware of in that is where you have hybrid. Because if you have people on site and some people off site, the, and I've, I've worked abroad, I've managed global teams, Sometimes the worst thing is being that person on the phone. And, you know, there's the people in the room, the shuffling of the papers, and you just can't hear. So we're, we're, we're stressing to teams, okay, a team meeting, if you've got a global team, everyone's got their laptops open. It's not in the conference room looking at the big screen and you've got the people trying to get a word in edgeways over the phone. So that is that the hybrid situation is going to be very, very interesting. And we're really leaning into meeting etiquette, inclusion norms. Um, how do you make the space um, meeting times? So we've got that. So regardless of whether you have a preference for on-site or off-site, we can include you. And then for our teams that are, you know, their work, the majority of their work is more conducive to being on site, we're looking at clustering activities. 
there is a lot of on the on the job training, experiential learning that has to be done. Maybe team meetings or wall walks, turning some of those virtually, clustering those activities in the day in a different fashion, and being enabled by virtual tools. How does your day look a bit differently? But we're also going to focus on improving your environment on site, so that because you have to come in, your workplace is better too. So. It's not a one size fits all. And sorry, I rambled there for a second, but it's um, very multidimensional. No, don't worry about rambling because I find this fascinating. And it, it, it everybody's trying to learn how to do this. It's not yeah. just General Motors. It's not just the automotive industry. It's society in general has got to learn how to uh, to move forward on this. I, I'm glad you mentioned work appropriately. That's the tagline GM is using to describe this whole approach, just as your dress code, you, you came up with the term dress appropriately. I find that so fascinating because historically General Motors has been such a top-down, command and control, process-driven, rules and regulations kind of company. And all of a sudden, it's like, just dress appropriately, work appropriately. Yep. How'd you come to that decision of just leaving it somewhat ambiguous? It was an evolution i will say and um and it was not a full top down approach so we actually we asked our employees and when when you start digging into the verbatims and we generated personas and to then say how how would you solution from a technology from a leadership from a hiring standpoint for for everyone to your point you then start listing it all, and it's so vast. And even within one leader, they have multiple personas of people whose works are just totally conducive. And you you very quickly can go down that rabbit hole. And we really then just stopped ourselves and said, okay, well, what is the culture? We want a culture. We want to innovate. We have eight GM behaviors, and one of them is innovate now and look ahead and it's on me. So, you know, screaming empowerment. And we, you know, you just check yourself and then say, okay, well, we're writing all of these if this equals this and if that equals that and, you know, dis all these decision trees and policies. And you go, we very quickly stopped ourselves to say, is this empowering? Is this exactly, you know, we've been talking about you know, leaders leading and employees feeling empowered to generate new ideas in the company. The one thing I'll say, we, we also keenly realize that during any form of crisis, General Motors is a company and the, what we can achieve is, I call it magical. It's such a cheesy word, but it, I think it's magical when, when the perceived bounds are off what we can do. And so we really just checked ourselves to then say, well, if we can do that, then why can't that be the gold standard? To your point, John, on dress appropriately, it's ambiguous to drive that intentional dialogue. And that's where we had the related, well, it, there isn't a one size fits all. Let's drive this provocative intentional dialogue to have teams connecting with each other and we tested it so we used a design thinking approach and um, part of that is you know fast testing so you kind of we were testing it around with employees and saying what does this mean to you and they're like I love it I love it I can deal with this and you're like wow this is great and you know and then we were talking with the senior leadership team and and they embodied it too so it 
it was a full, a natural iteration. And I think it's a testament to the culture that we were, are, you know, striving towards. So it were, it came together very nicely. I, I got to believe your uh, employees love it because, I mean, you're, you're putting responsibility to them. You're putting trust in them. Yep. And instead of saying, here's the rule book, you know, read it all and do what it says. Well, exactly. I mean, we're, we're all adults and, you know, I, I know that one of my uh, managers there, uh, her son said, you know, well, why do you have to teach adults how to behave? And, you know, kind of like, why do you have these rules? But when you, when what we'd been hearing through our listening tools and stuff throughout this COVID time is, to your point, is trust, it's empowerment, it's, you know, let me, I can do my work when, how, and where I need to be to get it done. I know my goals. You know, we've got very, we've got a lot of innovation. We've got a, you know, a very aggressive growth strategy. If people have that higher why serviced around them, we can, we can create and we can do things. We have to set them up with, with tools and technology as an enablers. We do have to have some policies um, with relates to, okay, if someone's uh, working in a different state, does the leader dictate how many times they travel in? Do they pay for it? Does the employee pay for it? Those, those things we're working through because we do have to have employees talk to each other, right? So they, you know, if one rule for one, one rule for the other, we do have to have some elements of consistency and to abide by, you know, tax laws, et cetera. But it, it was just trust. It was, you know, you could just see the light in people come to life. And even last week when we had the leaders in and you just opened up the conversation, they're ready, they're ripe. And it wasn't the, okay, HR, what have you got for us? What policies and procedures are you going to roll roll out? We stepped back, let the conversation um, ensue. And it, it was wonderful to see. Uh, I'm curious, how is this working outside of the U.S.? GM's a global corporation. Are, are you finding differences in different regions? To a certain extent, now the when we were, you know, getting to this work appropriately, you know, at the at the senior leadership level and always in the cross-functional work teams, we had the global voice. Um, the other thing outside of the U.S. that we 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 couldn't ignore is is you do have you know, employment law. So if you give one person the ability to work remotely for one day, some, some, in some countries precedent can be set. So those HR leads and, and teams are working that balance. But I've actually been so impressed by how they are embracing it in a different way and challenging, you know, cultural norms, thinking about things thinking about things differently. You know, I was talking to at one of our teams in Korea during this and they did a they did an entire car launch reveal virtually at the time and they included the employees. Usually those events, you've probably been to many of them, you know, kind of you have a set guest list and you bring them in. And he was saying, Laura, we 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 sent the link out to our employees. And so they're they're seeing things being done in a different way. So consistently every single location um is embracing. You know, Calendar and Mexico, they're you know really out there and, and setting the charge. It's been very, very impressive to see. And we're sharing all of those best practices internally, but knowing um that you know those countries have other employment laws that we don't necessarily have here. 
Mm -hmm. I imagine, too, one thing that you've got to be hyper aware of is cyber intrusion. I mean, if if you're calling a a meeting at the GM headquarters and you're sitting around a table, you know who's there. But when you're inviting all kinds of people to participate remotely, you know, who knows who's sitting in on the meeting potentially? I got to believe this was part of your planning. Absolutely. And um, hats off to our IT organization. I mean, the they didn't skip a beat. I mean, even when we, they were, they had these kind of plans in place. So when we went virtual and so forth, it was, we have, you know, VPNs here. So my internet is totally locked. Um, The other thing that they did is really push the bounds of making sure that the tools and technologies that we have to enable and their overarching umbrella is work smarter. So they really leaned in with educating us, um, releasing, you know, quick and easy tips. And they're, they're still doing so today on how to use Teams. For example, we, we can't just go off and set up our own individual Zoom accounts because it isn't secured. But instead of saying, don't do that, we don't need to because we have Teams. So uh, full testament to IT that um, for people way, way smarter than I am, they've kept us, our information safe as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I want to go back to something we talked about um, earlier of making sure it's fair for everyone. As you pointed yeah. out, the people in the facilities at the plants, I mean, if you work on the assembly line, you got to be on the assembly line. If you're a designer who works with clay models, you got to be in the design studio. If you're an engineer who's doing durability testing, for the most part, you're probably going to have to be at the proving grounds. How do you, there might be some resentment of those kinds of employees saying, hey, wait a minute, they get to work from home. I don't get to do that. How do you compensate or how do you account for that? So what's been interesting, and when we did the, the global listening survey, the we didn't get the sense of resentment. And, I, and I'll, I'll say I was, I, I was fully expecting it. It was I know my work and I know where I have to be. So I know what I signed up for. So there, there was there was that point there, which was um, pretty encouraging. But back to my earlier point, the, we are very keenly aware the resentment would come if we all we do and all we talk about is office workers. And yay, look at you. You can do everything over Microsoft Teams. So we cannot and are not doing that. So it's this this overall, we have to move the culture forward for all. So for example, you know, if you're if you're on the line and that is it, how can we make your life and and bring some certain things to you, you know, facilities can and I know one of our you know whether one of our other countries they did parking a little bit differently so it was closer to the childcare facility and therefore you know it again it was just integrating work and life in a different way compared to to me who can answer the doorbell or get a package so that that makes a difference making sure that the facility quality you know the environments that they're in do are they are they are they nice to come into so we've got that then on that middle ground so you cited the clay modelers you know the um the the people on in the proving grounds and testing looking at those activities and saying are there other ones maybe it's doing the data runs 
and maybe it's just stepping back and you know looking at the model can you video it can you do the data runs from home and can you cluster those activities in your schedule in a way where maybe the friday is more of a flexible day um and then so th they're they're the ones where we really do have to lean into and intellectually we found people absolutely get it the emotional will come out is if all we do is message office work remote work flexible work and not talk about imbalance what we're doing across the spectrum and but the thing i can stand here and say is we are doing things across the spectrum we just need to be very transparent and open with people that it isn't a one size fits all we get your work but we are going to move and commit to moving the culture forward for everyone Mm -hmm. are, are there other companies that you're out looking and seeing? Is, is uh, there any, you know, benchmarking that you can do in this regard? Or are you just crossing the river by feeling the rocks with your feet? It's funny you say that. We've uh, we've been, uh, every company, you know, big or small, we've been talking, we've been talking to them. So, you know, my my leader um, as CHRO, they, they have CHRO roundtables, there's business roundtable. We have uh, the conference board. And so we've been talking with other companies. The consultancy firms have been advising, you know, what others are doing. I think I, I feel confident that we're on the right footing. Um, the the thing that is I'm really pleased about is that when I then talk to our leaders, they are innovating, and so I actually feel like we're in we're in a pretty good position. But we're, it's the constant toggle: look in and look out, and we're doing that check and balance. We have been, and we will continue to do so. But I haven't found someone with a silver bullet to date. <laughs> Because we're all learning. We're all learning. <laughs> Laura, I want to thank you for for taking the time. This is a fascinating topic. I, I think anybody watching today can relate to it because we're all going through it right now. Yep. But uh, again, thanks so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. This is wonderful. And I want to thank all of you for having tuned in. AutoLine This Week partnered with the Consulate General of Canada in Detroit to produce this episode.